Today on Bridges. But what I know is that the cross says you're worth it. That wherever you are in your life, you matter to God. You are not invisible. You are not a no count. You are not excluded. Everybody is welcome. Today on Bridges, we're going to talk about how the cross says you're worth it. So I'm so glad that you could join us today for Bridges. I know so many times we doubt our value, we second guess ourselves, people struggle with insecurity, with anxiety. And so today as we open up God's word, we're going to focus on the cross and how the cross says that we're worth it. And I'm so glad that all of you could come out today as we talk about the cross. And we know by faith that Christ has already finished his work on the cross. The cross stands without Jesus on it, but the cross still speaks to us, and it speaks to us a message of our value, our value to God and what Jesus Christ has done uh, through him for us. And I want us to look at Hebrews 11, verse 6 first, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation because this is my prayer for myself, for all of you watching, and for all of us here today is that we would be sincere seekers of the Lord. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so I pray for all of you watching and all of us here today that we are sincerely seeking him, that you all have driven out to a TV studio to spend the morning with us, which we're so appreciative because we're sincerely seeking him, not just because we're doing a TV program or because we're having lunch afterward or any of that, but that we, our lives are about sincerely seeking him. And he promises that he rewards us when we sincerely seek him. And so many times in life, we get caught seeking stuff. We seek the approval and the attention of others. We're on this quest or on this search. And yet God promises that if we will seek him, that he will reward us. And the cross speaks the message to us of Christ's finished work and how the cross says that we're worth it. And one of the first things that we'll look at today is how the cross says that he sees us. He sees us as the body of Christ, but he also sees us as individuals. And I want us to start today with Mark 5, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 34 out of the New Living Translation. It says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. And then it goes on to say, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. 
And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And you all, this is such a story. And I believe every word in the Bible is true. The Bible is God's word. This is a tremendous story of faith. It's a tremendous story of healing. It's a tremendous story of a woman's persistence. It's also a story of just imagine the feeling of spending everything that you have and it's gotten no better. It's only gotten worse. And you all, that's probably happened to many of you watching. It's probably happened to people that are here that we're spending money to get treated for a health condition or a medical condition. And despite the most learned and educated uh, people's best attempts, nothing happens. So she hears about Jesus and she gets out there and she touches his robe. Because she thinks, I don't even need to be front and center. If I can just touch his robe, you all, just one touch, just one moment in the presence of God changes absolutely everything. And yet today in this story, while there's so much and it's rich, and I believe that healing continues today. I don't believe that healing stopped uh, years ago. I believe that he God still heals people today. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I want to point out that it is also a story that he sees you. All of these people pressed up around him who all probably want something from him. And don't we all here today? Don't we all have a need, whether it's medical, whether it's emotional, relational, financial, someone in our family, a business situation? We need things from Jesus. Obviously, we need salvation first and foremost, but even after we come to know him, there are pressing needs in our life. And so here he is in this great crowd of people along with his disciples, and he notices that someone touched him and that healing virtue, the Bible says, flowed out of him. He sees you. The disciples thought, what a crazy thought. Who touched me? Like, seriously, Jesus, all these people are bumping up against you. And by the way, we probably are too, right? Because that's, you wait in a long line somewhere, a big crowd. You know, people are like, excuse me, excuse me. Sometimes I don't even mean to. It's the big fat purse I've got over my shoulder, and that bumps into people. We're, excuse me. We don't know who's bumping into us. We don't know what is happening. And Jesus asked this question, who touched me? And the woman thought, for sure, She's frightened. She probably thinks she's going to be scolded because she wasn't supposed to be there and all of that. And yet Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He recognized her touch. He recognized that she reached out to touch him by faith. And so maybe you need healing today and maybe you don't. But when we reach out by faith, no matter how many other people are praying at the same time, no matter what is going on in this big world that seems increasingly troubled every single day. Sometimes I look at the news and I think, does anybody not think that any of this is crazy? Like, is, does anybody have an ounce of common sense? Apparently not. All of that is going on, all of these prayers, petitions, intercessions being made, and he recognizes our touch. He recognizes our reach. We may have been written off by doctors. We may have been written off by people. 
We may even in our own heart have the occasional thought, this thing is never going to change. I almost had those words come out of my mouth a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know, this has been going on for 10 years. It's never going to... I thought, put those words back in there. Don't speak that. Don't live in that. He is willing and he is able. And God changes things in people every single day by prayer. And even if it went on for 10 years or 12 years, I am coming to him by faith. I am his daughter. And he hears me, and he sees me, and he hears you, and he sees you. And even though we may have been disqualified and counted out by everybody else, he knows when we touch him. The cross says you're worth it. The cross says he sees you. No matter how many other people are needy and are worshiping him and doing all of that, he sees us individually. You all, imagine that. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who lives to make intercession for us, the one, he, Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, and he existed before anything was created. All things were created through him and for him. And he sees us. He sees you. He sees your tears, your toil. He sees. He sees it all. And he recognizes our reach and our touch when we grab on and won't let go. Don't let circumstances, people, trouble, emotional pain, fear, doubt tell you anything different than the cross says you're worth it. And he sees you. He saw this woman. And he answered her heart's cry when nobody else could help. He's amazing. He's wonderful. God is only good. He is always faithful. And he sees us, whether it's doubts, finances, conflict. With God, we are not just a number. With God, we are not invisible. Have you ever walked into a room of people and been invisible? I have. You know, you try to make conversation with people, but they're already with their own little group, and they don't have time. They're, uh, you know, like, hi, how are you? So awkward, awkward moment. But we are not invisible. We are not insignificant. The cross says he sees you. The cross says you are worth it. The cross also says everybody is welcome. This means even people that don't agree with us politically. The cross says, everybody is welcome. We might think, I don't know how you can think that. And I think that many times. But I remind myself that God loves that person as much as he loves me. And that my sin is no different and no better than theirs. <laughs> Took the same blood of Jesus to clean me up that it will take to clean them up. And so I may have looked at myself and thought, oh, well, you know, yeah, my, my thoughts were not as bad. You guys, that is just self-righteousness and arrogance, and that's pettiness. That is not from God. The cross says everybody is welcome. I want us to read this story of the leper, Matthew 8, and I'll read verses 1 through 4 from the New Living Translation. It says there are large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. 
Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest, let him examine you, take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a, t a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So you all know that leprosy was an incurable disease in this day and that people had to live as outcasts in order, they had to be quarantined in order to make sure that the disease was not spread. And while this seems horrific and awful to us, and it is, if you think about it today, if we have the flu and we're running a fever, I don't go out in public. I don't knowingly, uh, if I'm contagious, and I'm running a fever, I try to keep myself separate from my family so that I don't make them sick. It's out of kindness, really. So this is a horrific circumstance that this man is living with, but this is all they can do at that time. There is no cure, so he's got to live as an outcast and basically unwanted because nobody wants an incurable disease. And yet, he gets out there and he approaches Jesus and he says, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus says the words that we all know if we know the story, I am willing. The cross says, I am willing. The cross speaks to us today and says, I am willing. It's saying, I am willing, speaking Jesus, I am willing. Bring me your sickness. Bring me your fears. Bring me what you're going through. He came to earth and walked as a man to go through everything that we went through. So he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understood the plight of the leper because he had been rejected. He was an outcast and not accepted to those that he came to love. He looked at the Pharisees and said, how I wish that I could have gathered you. Like a mother, how I wish that I could have gathered you, but you wouldn't have any of it. Can you imagine the pain of that? To come to save, to come to give people the, the hope of eternal life and promise and to have people say, no, I'd rather just read the word. Think about how crazy that is. I'll just read the scriptures all day long, but find no life in them. But you all, sometimes we do that too. We read the word, but we don't find the giver of the word. We read the word and we come up with laws and we come up with behavior and we come up the way to be instead of really meeting the giver of life. Instead of really saying, God, open up the eyes of my understanding so that I might know you better. Sometimes I'll just open up the Bible and start reading and then I'll think, Monica, ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand this. Because even if you've read it 852 times, 
His word is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit. His word is alive and it works. And so when you open the Bible, just say, Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of my understanding that I might know you better. Help me see what you want to say to me. Don't just read the Bible for answers to what you think your problems are. That's good. That is good. Do that. But go deeper than that. Go deeper than that. Your, your problem may be at that moment that you need X, Y, Z amount of money to pay a bill. That might be the problem. And yeah, you need an answer to that for sure. But what if in the reading of the word that day, he has an answer to give you about opening up a business that would prosper your family for the long haul and not just pay that one bill? So you don't want to just limit him to whatever you think the pressing problem is that day. I've tried to help God. I'm just letting you know, in many, I've made many suggestions over the years about all of these things that I'm going through. And I'm so happy to tell you that not once did he ever take my advice. <laughs> and some of the best things that have happened in my life, some of the biggest miracles that have ever happened, are things that I wasn't even smart enough to pray about. Just one day, a tremendous blessing comes my way, and I'm like, oh. I remember the day that my parents decided to go to church. And I had prayed for so many years for that moment. I had given God suggestions for how this could happen. I had invited them to dramas and to plays and to come hear me speak and to do this and to do that. And my mom calls me and she says, oh, Elise invited us to grandparents' day at the church. And I asked your dad if he would go. And he said, no, don't ask me again. And she said, you know, I just thought I should ask him one more time. And I said, would you go? And she said, your father started crying. And he said, yes, I'll go. And they've never not gone to church since then. And they read their Bible and they do devotions every single day now together. And I say that, you see, I prayed for them to come to Christ, but I had all of these ideas about how I would be instrumental and how this would come about. And, and he came some other way. <laughs> but he did what I asked, right? He just did it in a far greater way. Because the cross says he sees you. The cross says everybody's welcome. And the cross says he's willing. So be willing to accept it even if he comes another way. The cross is our great unifier. The cross is our common ground. There are no exceptions. There are no exclusions. There are no disqualifiers. The cross says you are worth it. The cross says your family members are worth it. The cross says your hard-to-get-along-with co-workers are worth it. The cross says the people who drive crazy are worth it. You know those people? It's like I'm going a little over the speed limit, and you are like right behind me, and I'm afraid you're going to hit me. Stop it already. The cross says they're worth it. The cross says the people that are rude to us at the drive-thru are worth it. The cross says that our family members that just want to cause problems all the time are worth it. 
Now, it's okay to have boundaries, and if people are toxic, and if they're just, sometimes we have to draw that line. But I would highly recommend that we continue to pray. Amen. We can love people from a distance. We can pray. We can believe for God to intervene. And we can believe for God to work in us because the cross says you are worth it. The cross also speaks to us today that he is bigger than all of our questions. You all, none of us have all of this figured out. None of us have complete and total revelation on the Bible. Though, if you go on Facebook and social media, you would think that people do. They want to waste valuable minutes of their lives, hours of their lives, arguing about something that, honestly, we just don't know with 100% certainty. We know the main thing is the main thing, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. We know that there is no way to be forgiven of our sins except to accept Jesus Christ into our lives and to ask for forgiveness of our sins, which means we repent, we turn, we go the other way, and that we trust on him daily, moment by moment, for the strength to walk in faith, for the Holy Spirit to convict us when we do wrong and for us to repent. There's no other way. But there are these other things that we just don't know for certain. And this was no different in the Bible. I want us to look at uh, this particular story in John 9. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. And it says, as Jesus was walking, he saw a man that had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or, the sin or his parents' sins? And Jesus says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Can you all imagine that? Again, a story of a great healing that no person can do on their own. And what is the question there? Well, why was he born blind? Like, did he do something wrong or did his parents? And do you see how we start these questions out? Like, why would we think that either one of those things are the reason, right? And Jesus said it wasn't his sins, it wasn't his parents, it was so that the power of God could be displayed. And I say this, you all, because sometimes we can be very cruel to people in the body of Christ and even non-believers to say, well, it must be your sin. You must have done something wrong to deserve this. You all, if, if we got what we deserved, none of us would even be here today. So for me to think that I can see and that because somebody else is blind that they did something, but that I'm okay, you, it's ridiculous. 
but he's bigger than all of our questions. We can't minimize him to trying to figure out these nuances. And <laughs> when you skip down to John 9 and verse 25, uh, the verse says, I don't know whether he's a sinner, speaking of Jesus because the religious people were mad, but I know this, I was blind <laughs> and now I can see. So here's the thing, I don't know all the nuances of the Bible. I don't have complete revelation on every single scripture and who wrote what book and what this means in the Greek and the Hebrew, but I do know this, I was a sinner and now I'm not. I was lost and now I'm find, found. I used to be spiritually blind, but now I see. I know he lives because I know him. And when I read his word, I learn more and more about him. And as I pray and as I worship, I get to know more and more about him. So let's just accept that he is bigger than all of our questions. The cross, the cross says you are worth it. And the cross says that even though we don't have all of the answers to every little thing, have you ever met those people? They just want to nitpick the Bible, every little thing. Every little thing. It's like, okay, so are you asking these questions because you sincerely want to know him? Or do you just want to argue? Because if you just want to argue, ain't nobody got time for that. If I think that somebody is very sincere, oh my goodness, I'll sit for hours. We can talk. We can open up the word. They can lean into the Lord and pray and ask. But nobody has all of the Bible figured out. So if you're going to wait to call upon his name till you know everything, that might not happen. But the cross says you're worth it. The cross says he's bigger than all of our questions. The blind man that, that was uh, given his sight, he said, you know, I don't know all about Jesus. I don't know if he's a sinner. But I was blind and now I see. It's like you can't argue with results. Right? Even his parents were like, oh, our son is old enough. Go ask him. We're not going to answer. People were scared. They were frightened. People today are scared. People today are frightened. I've heard people say, well, I just have to be 100% sure. You can be 100% sure that Jesus Christ loves you. You can be 100% sure that the word of God is absolutely true. And that even if you don't understand every word of it, it is still 100% true. Even if you go to the most educated medical professional that is skilled at just everything, he or she is still going to tell you, we don't know everything about medical science. We're still learning. We're still figuring things out. And so as a believer, I believe that the word of God is 100% true. I'm still learning. I'm still asking God to show me things. But what I know is that the cross says you're worth it. That wherever you are in your life, you matter to God. You are not invisible. You are not a no count. You are not excluded. Everybody is welcome. And he is willing. He is willing to heal us. He is willing to save us. He is willing to help us. What do we have to do? We have to call on his name. And we have to make the choice to believe him. We have to make the choice to trust him. And we have to obey what he says. We don't wait until we figure it all out. We obey what we know. We keep reading. We keep obeying. We keep learning. We keep growing. The cross says you're worth it. So don't count yourself out. Feel down about yourself. The cross says you're worth it. 
He loves you and he will work everything out for our good when we love him, when we're called according to his purpose. We're out of time, but we say goodbye and God bless you. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. Log on to www.ctntv.org where you can make a prayer request, view our program guide, see who's on Bridges, or even watch one of Monica's latest teachings. Log on to www.ctntv.org. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.